Ho, 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 Thrill Me podcast listeners. It's our first Christmas episode, Jared. Yep. Guess what's in the stocking? A lump of coal. <laughs> a solid, not deadly, not shaped lump of coal. Oh, I wish it was a lump of coal. <laughs> Uh, yes, our, our first ever Christmas episode, Silent Night, Deadly Knife, 1984. Uh, controversial, some would say, yep. for a Christmas film. But Pickety. F- yeah, think, there was some I, I actually think if you look at it, it was probably just Love as a Fine Film that might have been picketing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll actually bring up a couple of things about that when I get into the cast and crew oh, good. about some of the picketing. Can't wait. But before we get to that, we haven't done a recently seen for a long time. Now, my fat ass has been glued <laughs> to the mm. couch for several weeks. You so are, I've got a big cannon. You are currently trying to redefine the term couch potato yes. and sort of working on it. Exactly. But I'll let you go first because you've yeah, got a me. small yet, um, would you say? Robust. Yeah, collection. robust. Uh, <laughs> probably sort of, you know, high vintage quality yeah, sort yeah. of pack. Look, I don't know. I don't know what you've been doing. Have you got your Christmas shopping done? Or something? Oh, mate, I did it fucking weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had half a dozen lumps of coal. Yeah. The occasional crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, couple of ugly sweaters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my collection was small, but quality, I think. Right. Top to bottom. Okay. Um, I got out to the cinemas to see Star Wars, mm. which I believe you also I did. I did too. And I was loving it. Yeah. Basically, I didn't have a whole lot of complaints. That was what I wanted to see when I went back to a Star Wars movie. Um, a lot of the complaints I have seen online, I feel personally, are a lot of nitpicks. Mm. And if you didn't really enjoy this, then you kind of need to just bloody just lay off a touch and go into the movie just to just to take it in. Yeah, I think I think that the problem is that you get the hardcore fans in something like this, and I'm not knocking the hardcore fans at all. The hardcore fans. The reason why I've got episode 7. Yeah. Right? And they have every right to feel a certain way mm-hmm. about the material. But you have to understand that we got some prequels that were pretty fucking shit ass. Well, that's, I saw. If, a, we're, if we're honest. I saw one review that kind of said, you know, the best disappointing movie you'll ever see. And I'm just like, what does that mean? Mm. It means if, it, if you're saying it's the best, then you probably enjoyed it. But really, how can it be that disappointing when the prequels just. Sort of trod all over everyone's hopes and dreams about yeah, the series. Right. How is this disappointing? This to me was back on track. Put know? it this way: when they raised the fact that they were going to have seven, I was very, very. I met with trepidation. I understood that Disney had taken it over, and that was a good move. Then they hired Abrams, which was another good move in my book. He delivered on a promise of something good. Yeah, there was familiar elements. It's not there the greatest new... movie in the world. But it does a perfectly serviceable job to get a new trilogy going. Yeah, really, I I loved it. I, I was sitting in the in the theater just thinking, this is what I come to see. I come to get excited about a movie again, and this yeah. this did it. This hit the mark. So this was an event in the cinema. That's that's yeah. the only reason I went back. Yep. Initially, I wasn't going to, but I thought, you know what, I haven't been to a packed cinema and had a, the atmosphere like this for a long, long time. 
Yeah. And so I took that option and I enjoyed the film. Unfortunately, I had to sit through the Independence Day preview followed by the Point Break preview. Oh, yeah, Point so Break. So, point Break was fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah, <laughs> Point oh. Break looks pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's probably on my list for, you know, that's that's my lead-off. For, for, for a while, is Well, it? it's on my lead-off for 2016 sort of downers <laughs> in the cinema. I've got it as a must-miss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. On the preview, I, I was like, oh, Oh, shit, this is point break. And two minutes later, I was ticking it off saying that. <laughs> that's a straight to video <laughs> from me. I'm going home to watch the original point break. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, I, I enjoyed, put it this way, I enjoyed Star Wars. But it's funny, like two, in in the space of two weeks, I've been to the cinema for two things that got me really excited to be in the cinema again. Mm. And they were both old properties. Yeah, they had, were the being kind of dusted dead. off. And in both of them, I kind of got tingles again. Because they were familiar. They had elements that were familiar. Well, yeah, what, Jared? Probably the top three rated films this year, Mad Max, Creed, Star Wars. All old properties, all re- rebooted, all of them came out with something beyond the expectations that everyone yeah. was asking for. Yep. And I think, I guess I've been jaded at the cinema for a while. But this kind of, those three films... That's just because you're a grumpy prick. I am a grumpy <laughs> prick. But those three films have kind of restored the fact that cinema still works. Yeah. As I long think, as it's done right. Yeah, I think um, I, I personal trips to the movies this year, those three were, the, were probably... Yeah, the, probably the, top, the highs. Yeah. Top three, or, you know, if not the top three, uh, right up there. Yeah, well, I mean, Mad Max was a different beast. It was a... It was a. It was exhilarating. Yeah, yeah. You had to be there in the cinema to get the. Yeah. Get the adrenaline and that. But Creed was slightly different. It had the you know, the character stuff and nostalgia, the, the emotion, nostalgia. the. But Star Wars, that. the moment it opens up and the you know the it says a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and then. Yeah. I think that the place just lifted. You know? Yeah. Like everyone got excited. Yeah, and there was moments where you saw a, a character. This is, this is the thing I don't get. There was there was points where, you know, people are whinging about seeing the characters you've seen before and things like that. They were some of the best moments because you just heard a kind of a bit of a gasp or, a, you know, you, saw yeah. you noticed everyone in the cinema saw the same thing and was just like a kid again. I think you'd be – you're a bit of a – you're a grumpy prick if you didn't like it. Well, you so, liked it, so that's what that says it all, really, doesn't it? <laughs> um, no, but you're right. I think uh, the, most of the most of the quibbles that I've seen are real nitpicky, mm. and I think sometimes you just need to pull back and and cop a few inconsistencies, which is funny because we like to point them out on this uh, <laughs> on this podcast from time to time. But really, we do it for a bit of a laugh. Can I ask this? It's not Abrams directing the next one, is it? No. Okay, I think so, it's Colin Trevorrow. So, so they decided to go with a similar premise to the first three, which was three different directors. Yeah, well, Josh Trank was on board, and then after <laughs> some of the stories about Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four were coming out that he wasn't talking to actors and stuff, he sort of just yeah, he got, got dropped out. cut. Ryan Johnson's the other one, isn't it? Who did Looper? Yeah. He's the other Ryan, one. Ryan? Ryan? He's Ryan. Yeah, so, so that's, I, I, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Colin Trevorrow, Jurassic World, wasn't it? Yep. So yeah, pedigree. Yeah, I You're was uh, I was pretty happy with it, and I'm I'm definitely on board. Okay, what else was in the canon? I uh, I went back to Cabin in the Woods. I went back to that a while back and loved every minute. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. I just think the way they deconstructed it was really clever. 
probably to be expected from Joss Whedon and his pals. Drew Goddard had a heavy hand in Daredevil too, so he's just going from strength to strength as mm. well. So basically, like the the way that they brought up the tropes and then made fun of them was just was great. Every yeah. time they made fun of one, I was laughing and sort of yeah, that's that's on the money pretty much. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic movie and it's mm. one that can be rolled out for any horror fan. You probably should be watching it. Yeah, pretty regularly. And even if you even if you've seen it quite a bit. There's moments to sort of if you really want to dig in deep to it when the you know when spoilers again but when the when the monsters sort of break loose there's so many moments where you just kind of pause and just have a look at who's there and who they've sort of ripped off and who yeah. they've sort of not ripped off but paid tribute to basically yeah from the from the pinhead takeoff that they're sort of standing there looking at in the in the yeah. elevator right through to the Pennywise kind of yeah like it's just great it's just great to watch. And it's funny. It's funny as hell when they get into the into the bunker kind of set up. The, yeah. the two guys that are running the show there are <laughs> it's funny. Oh, no, I love the bit where they, they're downstairs and they come across all the classic sort of tropes with, you know, the, the book bound in barbed wire and the puzzle the box conch, and everyone's the picking them up. <laughs> yeah, and the other yeah. guy's going, don't fucking touch anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, it's funny, that guy, the guy that played the stoner was probably one of my biggest likes and dislikes of it because I thought he was really good, but he was putting on, it seemed to be putting on this voice that was sort of overdoing it. Mm. Other than that, though, he was a really good performance and his lines were great, but I think my favourite part was <laughs> the bloke... I can't remember his name, but he was in, you know, Billy Madison, those sort of things. He's the younger of the two that are running things down, down in the bunker. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah, talking yeah. about, you know, he's putting his – he wants to see a merman. And the other bloke's kind of giggling. He's like, well, you know, what are you talking about? <laughs> but he gets really messy with the merman. It's not worth it and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. Yeah, that was, that was good fun. I, I really, really liked that. I think I liked it even better. Every time I've watched it, I think there's just been a little more to like about it. So. Yeah, exactly. My other two were fresh ones. It was it was really uh, it was a big week for me because we had Star Wars in the cinemas, but two movies came to like on demand that I'd been waiting for for quite some time. Yeah, and was really pumped about, and they were Turbo Kid. Yeah, which I again I really liked it. Very much a throwback. It's very kind of people have been talking about it like Mad Max crossed with. BMX bandits type of type of thing, mm. and I can't think of a better description. That's a really sort of easy way to describe it, and it's it's pretty much tells you what you're going to get. But you get like this John Carpenter score and this story in the movie that's really kind of about friendship and stuff like that. It's I just I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's a classic by by any stretch, but right up my alley. Is this um, a Netflix? Not on Netflix. I had to jump on uh, iTunes right, and yeah. grabbed it there. And the other one that I've been waiting for for some time was uh, Cooties. Yeah, I've been waiting for that too. Yeah. Again, I liked it. Another one that you know didn't fall into in the classic category by any measure, but a really, really good time for if you like that sort of stuff. Sure. Reminded me of something like Zombieland, but just the story about you know the the sort of the teachers getting sort of uh, trapped in the school while the kids turn into basically zombies they're just infected with a virus so they're yeah. doing all the running and that sort of stuff just a lot of opportunity for for some good laughs and lee Wanell is you know he's doing some acting he's doing some acting in this one kind of kind of funny he's not the highlight for me but he's he's pretty funny it's a little bit hit and miss with some of the comedy it mm. does lean heavily towards the comedy but if you like that sort of stuff you 
I don't think you'd be disappointed with it. Alright. I'll have to check that. Definitely have to check that one out. So that's more of a, that's pretty much a champagne four. That's a quality four. That is a quality four. Mm. Let's get to my shit package, because I've got some quality yeah. mixed in with just a little bit of shit. Okay. Well, I just want to know if there's any docos about monkeys. No, there's no docos about monkeys. No. There's a few docos on there, though. Shit. Uh, okay, I kicked off with Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. I watched Trainwreck. I liked it. Yeah. LeBron James was funny, always pinching pennies. and John Cena was John Cena was excellent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, look, I actually thought, um, even though it was a little bit, uh, some of the stuff was a little bit over the top, I felt the love story stuff ended up working out all right. Yeah. I thought that actually came across okay. Yeah, my favourite was the uh, the bloke on the corner that lives on the, yeah, the homeless yeah. guy on the corner. Every yeah. time she comes in, he's got smart ass remarks. Yeah, <laughs> quite Rick, every single one of them is funny. Yeah, I, I I didn't mind trainery. I watched Wet Hot American Summers episodes four through six. Right. Yeah. No, I think I Not might jump it. ship. Jump and ship. Yeah, I stuck it out. It it it's just lost it. the fucking plot. And I know it's meant to be like a spoof. Type of thing, yeah. And because it's coming as a prequel to a fifteen-year-old movie, they're trying to sort of re-thread everything. Yeah. So, and it's just some of it's just stupid. And they're ramping up the ridiculous, like showing characters that have obviously aged fifteen years, but not bothering to hide the fact they've put yeah. on the kilos. And yeah, and then they've got this some there's some element about toxic waste or something that yeah. Gets in. I couldn't even understand. I wasn't even sure I understood it. You know. And then I just thought, well, I'm not probably not supposed to understand it. Supposed to be just a ridiculous sort of addition. So, I think I may jump ship on that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't blame you. Yeah. It is, it's hard to. Hard Look, to it's go probably with. one of these things that I'll, I'll be sitting there one day and I'll see it in my continued watching list and I'll go, oh, well, all right, got four episodes left or whatever. No. Okay. Something else will I come along. Now, get on, watched, get on Jessica Jones or something like that. Yeah, well, that might be next on the agenda. Because I did actually, I did get on a new show that's on there, which I've never even heard of, which is a legal sort of show called Suits. Mm. Which is pretty good. Yep. Yeah, it's got a little bit of humour, but it's got yeah, that sort of I used to like Boston Legal, and it's kind of in that mode. Yep. Now I watched uh, through four docos. Okay, I watched one that was an English doco, which is on ABC called "Beaten by My Boyfriend." It was about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And I also watched a two-part domestic violence one uh, in Australia called "Hitting Home." Yep. They were very, very well done. They actually covered everybody from victims to alleged offenders to, you know, the people who are helping kind of run, they run these programs to help battered women and the like. I thought it was good. They were interesting, a little bit sort of hard to stomach, so to speak, but like well-made documentaries. Important topic. Yeah, important topic. I also watched The Battered Bastards of Baseball, the Netflix yeah, doco about Big got Russell. My, got it on my queue. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Get a little bit of a chat with Kurt Russell in there yeah. really regularly. But it was good. It was inter- really interesting to see what he did. He was basically uh, running an independent baseball team in the minors uh, in Boston in the 70s. It was really interesting. I also watched Jonestown, Paradise Lost. Yep. I don't know if you know anything about Jonestown, yeah, yep. Jim Jones and the Kool-Aid and all yep. that. Really disturbing shit. Very. That guy was a loose cannon. I think is a is a you know, nice word to say about mm. him. Uh, and it was it was kind of done via talking heads, but also some dramatizations. Yeah, and it worked well. I don't know if they ever played. I remember watching a doc on it a while ago, and they had audio of when he was 
Yeah, yeah, he was ranting, he's ranting. Yeah, they had his legitimate audio. No, no, but audio of the Kool Aid session. Oh, did they? Basically. Oh, jeez, I didn't. Don't remember that. That was really. That was in there. That was just. I remember it was just very like it was really hard to watch. It's, yeah, the the one thing that I found quite hypocritical of the man was drink the Kool Aid to die a what well, I can only assume was a painful death. Mm. Uh, but he shot himself. He had someone shoot him in the head. Yeah. You know, what's good for you guys is no good for me. And that's, I guess that's the kind of thing that happens with cults or whatever. It was really, you know, confronting. Yeah. Um, but it was a good doco. It was well made. It's also on Netflix. Yep. You I, are just giving Netflix a touch-up, aren't man, you? I've, I continued watching Goosebumps. Yep. Oh, look. It's fun. Yeah, it's good. It's just reasonable fun for a kid's show and... I always wanted to check it out. And they've also got A Afraid of the Dark on there. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have to check that out. The thing about those is even now you can go back and you'll watch some of it and it won't hit you the same way, but you'll still get an episode that's quite well written and still holds up. The majority of them don't, but yep. I think it's worth it to get those those couple of good ones in there. Uh, I watched the pilot episode of Supergirl, mm-hmm. which was pretty good. Yeah. Added a couple of interesting sort of things to it. The Jimmy Olsen character was different. Yep. He was brought in. And I think he's a love interest, perhaps. That's the gist I sort of got from the first episode. Maybe I was reading the, the wrong way, but it seemed like that's what it might segue into. Yeah. Possible romance. Uh, I thought the young lady who plays Supergirl was really good. Like yeah. She, she, she's she a, definitely looks... She looks the part, the part, but she's also kind of got the right sort of... She can play that sort of perky attitude and then go into the sort of the, the tough Supergirl character, which I think is a good, is, is a perfect thing, per, what you perfectly want for that. The only problem I had with it was uh, some fight choreography needs a little bit of tightening. A little bit of work? Yeah, just some of the fights looked a little bit shaky. Mm. Um, from the point of view of you could tell that, you know, punches were being pulled and all that kind of stuff and looked at the angles it was being shot from were just, yeah. yeah. I still think you're getting on the wrong ones, mate. Yeah, you I Superhero know. TV, you need Daredevil and Flash. Yeah, well, I, I've, I've got Daredevil there. I just need to get stuck into it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I re-watched The Storm of the Century, which is one of my favourite Stephen King adaptions. I watched Spy. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. I, I thought Spy. that was pretty good. Yeah. Statham. Statham does it for me. Yeah. He's great. Just and Jude, uh, Jude, Jude Law, Law yeah. yeah some, some very good laughs in that, Yeah, too. he does. And the last thing I watched was on Netflix, and it's called it's a documentary series called Making a Murderer. Yep. I, I'm not going to talk about what it's about, because I think it needs to be looked at from the start with fresh eyes, but I, I basically urge people to go, check it out. Yeah. It's probably some of the best tellers. Ten episodes worth, about an hour an episode. It had me by the nuts, the start of the first, the end of the first episode, and you're just clinging, and the way they've done it, it's basically like a documentary version of that serial, the, yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Basically the same thing. And they've got access to everything. And it's a really, really interesting documentary. So, yep. yeah, I'd, I'd say check it out. I've said it before, but you need to you need to get off the couch. I do. I reckon you probably could have, um, you know, nipped over to, to some third world country and built an orphanage I'll in the time you've spent on the couch. So. I've spent some time on that. So. <laughs> no, but, I reckon yeah, that... It's the Christmas period. <laughs> even more, the giving spirit, mate. Go out there, <laughs> go out and build an orphanage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I've, I need to use my but time I think wisely. What your uh, your list there just I think it just tells me that Netflix is is just it's the way to go, life. isn't it? <laughs> well, it's it's kind of a lot of the things you're getting onto are they're on Netflix or they're that Netflix original content. Yeah, yeah. And they're ramping that up next that year. That stuff is has been fantastic. Yeah. Their, their original stuff is really good, and that I think that's why Netflix is going to knock over our other competitors. Mm. It's already killing them pretty badly, yeah. but I think the other ones, in terms of original content, I think Stan's got the Wolf Creek series on the way, yeah, and that's about it, whereas Netflix has already got all this really good quality original stuff. Adam Sandler's movies hit too, as Gibbo yeah. mentioned. Um, but they're rev- they're, I think they're doubling it next year. I think um, the only one that's disappointing me is that Hulu... Yeah, Hulu, the, yeah, the American yeah. one. Yeah. They've got the eight-part Stephen King, 11, 63, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, with James Franco, which was a great book. Mm. Fantastic book. It was about time travel and yep. John F. Kennedy. Yeah. And I really would like to see that. Mm. But I'd I th- have to get myself a subscription. Yeah. But I think um, out of the stuff that's that's going, the Netflix original stuff is, is well, some of the best Well, they've got a lot there. on there. Well, it's some of the some of the best stuff going, like um, Daredevil, Orange Is the New Black, uh, yeah. that the one that you're talking about, Making a Murderer, that's getting really good buzz. Yeah. Like, and just, the thing about it, it is, it drops at the same time worldwide. Yeah, exactly. So, I heard about it in America, like on Rotten Tomatoes. I saw it listed, and it said it was on Netflix. And I thought, oh, it'll be fucking months before we see it. And then I yeah, turned no. on Netflix that day, and there it is. Netflix oh, originals. Shit, I need to get right on. Netflix originals go yeah worldwide same day pretty much. All right, let's take a break. Please. And come back and go through Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. It was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Silent Night, Deadly Night, directed by Charles E. Sellier Jr., who did Snowballing and The Annihilators. Snowballing is a low-rent porkies on skis, I believe. Mm. We should have watched that one. Yeah, well, (laughs) might have to see if we can source that. (laughs) It's produced by Ira Barmack and written by Michael Hickey and Paul Kamey and based on Kamey's novel Sleigh Ride. Bunch of Hollywood heavy hitters. Yeah, some heavy hitters in there. Uh, no, I think um, Celia Jr. might be the one who was into all the Bible stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, I believe one so. of them, you pointed out before we came on air, that one of them had gone basically straight straight into religious yeah, yeah. films. 
Christian films. Yep. I think it doing might be. His, doing his penance for, you know, feasting this on us. Yeah, true. Now, it stars Lillian Shaven, who was Mother Superior. Now, she was in Predator 2. Mm. You catch me if you can. So, she had a reasonable body of work. Mm. 60 or 70 credits. This would be at the top. This is right at the top. Robert Brian Wilson plays Billy. Now, he was in Santa Barbara in one episode of Jake and the Fat Man. He's <laughs> <laughs> going back away. Oh, I love Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> <laughs> Budget was a million dollars estimated. Now, it made $2.4 million at the box office. Now, you need to understand that this was actually only in theatres for two weeks because of backlash and pressure from angry parents. Now, it, was, it came out the same time as Nightmare on Elm Street and did briefly... Outgrow Elm Street, which is a bit of a surprise, to mm. be honest. A bit of trivia I found. Recently, one of the producers stated that the main reason for the movie being pulled from theatres was because TriStar Pictures was owned at the time by Coca-Cola, and obviously Coke didn't really want to offend people at Christmas as it was a major sales time <laughs> for them. So they decided, <laughs> what the hell is this shit? They should have done Get a bit of cross-promotion. <laughs> put, you know, put the Santa on the Coke cans with an axe. Punish! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have worked. Quick synopsis. Billy sees his parents get killed by a guy wearing a Santa suit. Goes off the deep end when he turns 18 after he has to dress in a Santa costume at the toy store. Goes crazy. Starts killing people. General thoughts on this one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I hadn't seen this in, in quite some time and I thought going back it was going to be one of those really funny ones. It wasn't so much. <laughs> it, had, it had a few moments. There's actually a, a parts of it that are really sort of competent slasher but then there's elements of it that uh, there's a dead spot in the middle where it gets too concerned on the the kills and just sort of forgets any of the story that it was trying to build up and the other characters and it sounds a bit funny to say but slashes have do have some boundaries and this one starts to push some of the boundaries in in points where it gets a bit sort of tasteless and you you feel like you're watching a almost a a really sort of uh, one of the harder sort of exploitation films so I, I gotta I gotta go with a two out of five I think. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. It has a few interesting ideas, but they're just kind of caught up in this sleazy wave, and because there's no characterization and the acting's pretty poor and the production values are pretty poor, it just doesn't help those ideas grow or give them anything to work with. So it's a two out of five. Likes. I actually think the idea of a murderer involving kind of the Santa Claus folklore of naughty and nice is actually a good idea. Yeah. It has potential. Yeah, I think it had potential. Um, as I was discussing with you before, I think um, in a, in some ways this setup isn't too dissimilar to Halloween. Mm. There's just this... We spend so much time with with uh, the, the lead guy instead of detaching from him that by the time we get to him sort of saying punish and all that sort of business with a Santa suit on, you're kind of giggling rather than <laughs> scared of him. Yeah. Um, that, you know, there's there's a couple of decisions that went differently in Halloween, but the setup's actually not too dissimilar. And, yeah, oh, for sure, it lacks a nuance that Halloween had, for sure, and a bit of restraint. <laughs> 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 but... It goes for a serious tone 
again, that's that's out of the Halloween playbook. You know, you're going for a more serious tone. Mm. But this then botches the serious tone with too much time spent with our young Billy. Yeah. And again, I'm jumping back and forth between likes and dislikes, but it's just because every like kind of has this little dislike hanging off the side. We spend so much time with Billy. Or more than one. (laughs) (laughs) Or several. It's like a Christmas tree. There's there's sort of baubles of dislike hanging all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. Like someone shat in the corner of your room and you can't find it. This is kind of of what the dislike is. There's a likes in this. But we spend so much time with Billy as a young boy learning that fucking Santa... And Christmas is so traumatising. His parents were killed. He also was having his ass paddled daily. I don't care. Like, I'm not interested in that. It's taking too much time because we're talking about an 85-minute station movie that spends 25 minutes worrying about asses paddled in orphanages. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, you're wasting so much of its time. Yeah, and it was kind of like um, you had the traumatic experience that probably would have left him with a few sort of screws loose to begin yeah. with, but then <laughs> you've got to put him in the orphanage to really just ram home the trauma. Yeah. We loosen the leftover screws. Yeah. yeah. He sort of seems to be um, fairly well adjusted for a kid that has watched his parents get killed by Santa. Yeah. But then, you know, at the orphanage, they can't understand why he doesn't want to sit on Santa's lap, so he gets belted for it. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you kind of... You've really sort of taken that right to its... Uh, and right. the actual death of his parents is a kind of an effective scene because you can see why he would have been traumatised. Yeah, I think it does the job. And it I does think, the job. Like you said, it would have benefited from taking the point of view away from him for a little while at that point. Yeah, because the movie is from his perspective. Yeah. Another option could have been, and, you know, dare I say, go in the cookie-cutter realm, but you see the death of that boy's parents... Then you cut back to a new group of kids or whatever may be working at the toy store. One of them's obviously Billy, but we don't know who. Yeah. And, and we begin to be picked off. Like, it could well, have gone down the simple route. Yeah, I guess the nun part ends up being fairly crucial to yeah. the story in the end because of the way they set it up. But I don't know if we needed so much of that. And if we did need to spend a bit of time there, I mentioned that the younger nun at points, had a bit of the Sam Loomis angle to her. She was trying to help her. Yeah, but it's completely lost But when that spot in the middle hits where they get so consumed with showing him on his rampage that everyone else has forgotten. Yeah. Now, young young Billy does have a world-class mullet and punches oh. Santa Claus in the face. Oh, yeah. When he's like <laughs> seven or ten or something. Yeah, yeah, and Santa sells it like Ric Flair. Oh, he snots him good, <laughs> and the blade just gets airborne. Yeah, he gets airborne, laid out on the canvas. What I was expecting was for him to get hit, to do the classic Ric Flair, stumble around for a few seconds, <laughs> and then just drop to yeah. your knees and face down. I actually thought we were back in Rocky League <laughs> for a minute there. <laughs> he really jobs him good. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was this definite like. But then the best like of the entire movie is once Billy's grown up and he's eighteen and he's he gets a job at the toy store thanks to the the nun, the young nun who's looking after him. And we get this montage of him sort of working hard mm. 
and he's happy and he's enjoying himself. He's loving life. He's loving life. <laughs> he's fixing books that are slightly off centre. Yeah, the yeah. boss is sort of shaking his head going, yeah. Yeah, the boss is loving life. And that's loving it as well. Yeah, this kid's great. And it's all done to like country music? Yeah, I, I, it sounded to me like a cut-rate Kenny Rogers um, attempting Lenny to, Rogers. <laughs> yeah, Lenny Rogers is up <laughs> attempting to pen a... Um, Kenny was unavailable that week, but Lenny's always available. <laughs> Attempting to pen like a, an 80s sitcom theme tune. <laughs> As you said, sounded like growing pains. <laughs> yeah, for a minute there I was expecting sort of, you know, camera shots of, C- camera people, sort of people sort of looking over their shoulder at the camera yeah, and then smiling yeah. and then their sort of name coming up under the titles and things. Yeah, that's right. And it was really, really strange. It kind of, yeah. again, this movie was ha- had a, had a serious tone. It was going for the serious tone, yeah, and and use of trauma and everything, which mm. again I thought were, were likes in my book, yeah. Golden but, Girls, that's what it actually said. A little bit like, <laughs> oh man, the Golden Girls. I'm surprised you didn't see Blanche and those characters. But that sort of feels strangely out of place. I yeah. know what it's trying to do. It's trying to sell that Billy's back on his feet. He's punching the air every morning. He can't wait to get to yeah. Iris Toys. Yeah, yeah. But, is that, is, you know, doesn't matter if Santa Santa killed my parents, you know, paddling me ass every day. Every day, He just can't break me. I'm yeah. happy. I'm loving life. When know? it's Easter, he's fine. Yeah. When it's Christmas, different story. He's gone to shit. <laughs> the boss of the... Toy Store does deliver a line for the ages. Yeah. At the end of Christmas Eve trading, it about he, he locks the door and turns around and goes, 7 o'clock, time to get shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Which, With gusto. It. <laughs> <laughs> was it? With gusto. Yeah. <laughs> he really puts his buddy back into it. It's a, it's a winner. He did, it, he did it so well that I thought... Why would a bloke that really hates it that much want to own a toy store? Yeah. <laughs> Just sort of slams the door at 7 o'clock, time to get shit-faced. <laughs> yeah, on Christmas Eve round here, it's 12 o'clock p.m., time to get shit-faced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually you're down at the lunch having a liquid, you're down at the pub having a liquid lunch. Yeah, yeah. Then rub stubbly out of the place at about 4. Yeah, if you left it that late, bug you, you know. <laughs> there are a couple of decent gore scenes. The yeah, handle of death yeah. is okay. The head being cut off on the sleeve <laughs> sleigh is still reasonably good. Yeah, I actually liked yeah when when the sleigh hits the bottom and you see the kind of headless body <laughs> ride that and his his mates like there going. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> his head just kind of rolls down the hill yeah. and lands right next. Classic to slash affair, Brilliant. that sort of stuff. Okay, that was the likes. And yeah, yet, I we, had a couple. I just had the. Um, when I was talking about the competent slasher thing, there was a couple of really, really cool shots, really interesting shots there, like when um, at the orphanage where he sort of uh, knocks the bloke down the stairs um, and then the then the camera sort of, it sort of dollies towards the stairs and then goes down and, and settles on, on the body. Then just after that, there's one where the axe sort of drops into frame and then turns and yeah. you sort of start following along. This Yeah, I think if other areas of the film were tightened up a little bit, that the direction and some of those shots were, were sort of strong enough to carry it through. Yeah. I actually think you're probably correct there. Look, a million-dollar budget doesn't buy you a lot of professionalism. Buys <laughs> you a nice Santa suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Decent Santa suit. But other than that, it, you can always get yourself caught up in that and, yeah. and really 
I think the budget is you can tell it's a little bit threadbare. Yeah. On that front. Now the dislikes. You had a real problem with the early meeting with Grandpa. <laughs> well, I had an early problem with Dad too. Oh. <laughs> with... Yeah, yeah, he was um, he was fresh out of the fucking. Film school. Yeah, I think. his acting was basically like one of those little bloody Santa. Look at young Steve Goodman. Yeah. Seems to have a lot of Steve Goodman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at young Steve Goodman. But yeah, there wasn't much. Wasn't much doing from him. Yeah, yeah and he would basically. It was just, distracting. The first three <laughs> sh- scenes, or the first scene of the movie in the car, all we ever get with him is just a side shot of him just. And the occasional grin. Yeah, and he'll occasionally turn and go, and give a little sort of forced smile. So. Yeah, he was stiff as a board. Yeah. Now, Grandpa comes into play here. Grandpa. At a mental hospital? Yeah, I think it was It was either... It's a care facility of some sort. It just said Utah Mental Hospital. Yeah, yeah. It's... I mean, it's got plenty of doctors, so I don't yeah. think it's your run-of-the-mill sort of nursing no. home. But, um, yeah, I had a lot of problems with Grandpa. I mean, firstly, Parenting 101, we're going to sign some forms... Uh, we'll just leave you here with the the sort of old bloke that hasn't moved in. mute who hasn't yeah, spoken hasn't for a moved while. or spoken in a few years. Yeah. Uh, you'll be right. Yeah. Um, but then, Grandpa seems to have been fooling us all. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have any issues talking. He immediately and, uh, turns, gives us a grin. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd like to know the motivations behind him deciding not to talk to anyone for a couple of years. <laughs> and, He's you know, waiting for the perfect opportunity for his young nephew to turn up and to be left alone. Yeah, I would have thought, you know, <laughs> when he's in the doctor's office or something and they they got the little hammer and hit him on the knee, he might get, they might accident, get, accidentally get a bit of a chuckle out of him or something like that. I thought he might get a... Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. his guts and just excuse himself. <laughs> but no, we've... Um, Grandpa's been, you know, Grandpa's been um, playing everyone for the fool for yeah. a couple of years. So, struggle to understand the motivations for that. But my biggest problem is um, Grandpa then becomes the sort of harbinger of, of doom, and it really drags things right right into the shit from the get go. Because <laughs> we sort of said that. I mean, usually that happens with teenage kids, the starters in the slasher films, and they're being told not to go somewhere. Or yeah. not to associate with something. Yeah. Or, in some cases, they mention the specific murderer or the historical information. Yeah. So, a my buddy Valentine, for instance, actually does talk about Harry Warden. Yep. The, the, the Harbinger talks about Harry Warden. Crazy Ralph actually talks about Crystal Lake. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they so, what there. you're pointing out is don't go here. Like, yeah. Like, don't go here at your peril. Yep. Um, problem is, within these universes... These murders or whatever have taken place, hmm. but this is Santa fucking Claus. Yeah, Grandpa seems to not understand that, or the writers <laughs> seem to understand that Santa's not real, and we don't have this sort of, we don't have a list of um, of Santa sort of cutting a swath through a bunch of kids or anything well, like you that. Didn't actually need it. <laughs> we don't actually because... have. Uh, we, yeah, we haven't had any date. It's not like. You know, the kids, there's a bunch of kids coming along going, hey, Grandpa, we're going down to the cabin at the North Pole. <laughs> and he's there going, ooh, you know, Santa, he's coming to get you, <laughs> all this sort of stuff. Grandpa my, just bloody drops it out of the blue. My, my, my thinking is this. You didn't need that scene at all. Right? You didn't need it. It seemed to just, yeah, be... 
it was the trope. <laughs> just, we just have to drop the... Oh, shit, we better have someone's read the script through and gone. And it is don't just... have slap, crazy Ralph. Slapdash. Because my thinking is this too, Jared, and this was something that kind of pissed me off as well, was when the parents come across Santa's car breaking down... Yep. And then he attacks them. Yeah. And but we get a scene before that of him robbing a convenience store yeah. and killing someone. We didn't need it. It needed to be a random crime. Yeah. Where no with no connection to anything else. I think it would have been more effective. Yeah, because way. it's the mysterious guy on the road. Yep. That shit's scary. Like when you're a kid and you think about that. I think I was more perturbed by um, what you pointed out, the, the potato chips were behind the counter. Yeah, why were they behind the counter? If I, I want a packet of fucking Lay's, <laughs> I'm not over the counter for Yeah, them. yeah, I thought only the expensive shit was I behind mean, the counter. It's not condoms or bloody yeah. drugs, is it? <laughs> yeah. If it's behind the counter, you're like, yeah, yeah, can I, you know, can I have a packet of Panadol, or, um, you know, pack of Razors? Uh, yeah, throw uh, in a packet of Ruffles while you're yeah, there, mate. Pack yeah. a couple of packs of Ruffles. And two packs of They were like the days of pre-Selsen. <laughs> now, now you get colour packs of fraggers through without even bloody... <laughs> Nobody batted an eyelid. <laughs> Back in the day, you had to hide them. <laughs> um, yeah, back on track. Yeah. You're getting a bit... Uh, sorry, sorry. I'm you, off track. Uh, we're watching um, Silent Night, Daily Night. We only briefly mentioned Porky's, mate. Yeah. <laughs> start getting into that territory. But back to the chips. Snowballs or whatever I it's called. I need <laughs> chips out the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to peruse. Yeah, I need to know what's on the shelf. Yeah. I don't want to ask the silly dildo behind the counter. Yeah, yeah. What are the, you know... You've got, you got crinkle cut down something. Yeah, what? <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, yeah, but the, you know the real good stuff. So they have to, yeah. the black label yeah. side. Really. <laughs> Only the kettle chips behind the counter. <laughs> the Red Rock Deli. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that sequence does not need to be in there because to no. me that scene, that entire movie, yep. starts with this is my rewrite. Apparently, yes. They're driving along the road, heading back home. They're talking about Christmas, and you know, yeah. So we get some family interaction. We come across this this stranger on the road, car broken down, dressed as Santa Claus. Yeah, and I I think this sort of goes back to my point about Halloween, that in another world it's not too dissimilar yeah. a movie to Halloween. Yeah. Remove that that scene you're talking about and remove Grandpa fucking quickly. <laughs> yeah, but you've only got a sixty minute movie. Yeah, yeah. That. But we can find something, you know. We can we can stretch out some of the parts that we missed, you know. Yeah. Elsewhere, but. Yeah, you, you sort of dive headlong into it with that, and that's where you sort of... Because that scene was quite effective in some ways. Yeah. So. But as you pointed out, it went over the top. It got a little bit sort of grubby. Yeah. The actions of the killer, he kills the woman, he cuts her throat, he cuts the mother's throat. Yep. But he has to, of course, rip her top open. Yeah. Well, and that expose was... her breasts, right? Yeah. Now, was... I remember this movie from years ago... And for some reason, I thought that the, he'd raped her. Yeah. But he, he doesn't. He, no. It doesn't even get, you know, it's a two-second scene where basically he just rips the shirt off and then cuts the throat. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just, I know that um, slashes, you know, tend to have a bit of the nudity and the gore, but when they start crossing over, I find that to be seedy and that's where it sort of gets into a bit of that exploitation stuff that I'm just not... I'm yeah. Not, I'm not in for 
without that, the scene is still effective and scary. I think that that scene is is quite good. The other thing is the the small child, like the the kids seeing it. Obviously, that's necessary to the to the story. Yeah. Um. So I'm okay with that. But then you involve the smaller kid as well, and that the baby, again, yeah, yeah, that yeah. again sort of pushes it. There was parts where I thought he was actually going to kill the kill the baby. Yeah. And I was thinking, geez, that's that's pushing it a bit. And he's talking to them. Yeah. He comes up. You don't need that. To me, this guy is a unknown stranger on the road who just happens to be robbing them or attacking yeah. them. Well, he the talking, talk, he doesn't. Yeah, we don't need any of that. That's, the that's, talking, that's a scary bit. The talking, me. I didn't mind so much, but it could have been a bit more subtle rather than just showing him sort of right in the right in the window and stuff. That's where you maybe do want the kid's point of view that he's a bit sort of tentative yeah. about Santa. Obviously, we know he's. He's uh, worried about Santa because of Grandpa, but yeah. I think that could have happened anyway. He could have worked that more. He could have worked that in another way and had him sort of in the back of the car from his point of view and getting a bit of the subtle sort of Santa's having a having a chat to Mum and Dad and then or he notices a gun or something, yeah, or something like that. And he realizes yeah. Santa's not there to deliver any presents. Yeah, oh, I don't know. No, I, don't, no. I, don't think, well, I think we might be going a little bit too far. Yeah, probably. Uh, why would he put the suit on? Um, like, I know you don't have a movie if he doesn't put the suit on, but quite frankly, he punched a fucking Santa Claus in the face. Yeah. He's, well, a, he's violently opposed to being involved with Santa Claus. Well, I mean, not only does he not only does he uh, go to an orphanage that just basically does as much damage as, as the murders and, yeah. and makes him sit on Santa's lap and all this sort of stuff, he then works with the most insensitive pack of motherfuckers on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Even the boss member. Oh, yeah, yeah, what happened to your parents or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, there's one crucial bit of information that when he's being employed for this gig that the nun just goes, Psst, just careful around Christmas time. Don't fucking put him in a Santa suit or anything yeah, like yeah, that or yeah. don't let him near Santa. Now, remember, it was 7.35, time to get blind. <laughs> oh, time to get shit face, hey. <laughs> hey, But he was in the Santa suit before that. And of course, he sort of... Um, it was another one of those things where it's like, come on. We, we couldn't find another way And there's, there's little, little kind of... Uh, sort of men, alleged character bits that kind of just turn up for a second. You think, oh, okay... Maybe they're going down this route. And then, no, that's immediately jettisoned for someone being killed. Yeah. Um, E.g. Pam or whatever her name was, the girl that worked there. Yep. Suddenly she's getting it on with Rico Suave over the (laughs) corner. And then he takes offence to that and kills Rico. Yeah, but Rico had... um, Everyone seems to go from zero to 100 here. They go from... You know, all right to just rampant yeah. prick. Yeah, like no, Rico, Rico rips a shirt off and then attempts to sort of yeah, assault her, essentially. But also she... Rico turns on Billy pretty fast with, hey, how you doing? You stupid mother. <laughs> Don't you get in my way. Like, he starts this sort of stuff up. It's like... But even, even Billy, this is why we spend too much time with Billy, because he goes from toy store, everything's great, great I'm smiling, I'm shiny, happy people, and then... Santa suit, oh shit, you know, yeah. straight to, you know, like the character development in that sort of area is not strong. <clears throat> there is no character development. That's no. And it, and it doesn't so really, it doesn't necessarily need to be, but we don't, I mean, chucking it right in front of it, you know, front and centre, 
Just seeing him turn from, yeah, I'm smiling to bang, Christmas suit, I'm going to kill Could you. Could we, Jared, again, another rewrite, could we have gone back to the orphanage and stalked the orphanage and the staff at the orphanage? Wouldn't that have been the more appropriate yeah, pro- situation possibly. is that Billy loses his shit yeah. and ends up back at the orphanage stalking the staff. Yeah, it keeps it a bit more insular and yeah. doesn't start spreading out to that and random house got, that we spend 15 you minutes. Got, <laughs> you got kids in peril. Yeah. I actually thought he should have knocked over a couple of the carolers. That would, oh, that would have been <laughs> more Christmas. A winner, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. They start rolling out silent night and he takes offence to that shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually had an early dislike that we glossed over too. Um... One of my favourites, really. Remember the nuns are um, the nuns are talking about um, the traumatic memories for Billy, and Mother Superior says if they surface, he can handle them with the proper training. What training? <laughs> I, just, yeah, I, I just want to know: is that sort of you know bog standard anger management, or is it you know what sort of? I want, to, I want to see the certifications here. <laughs> or, or are we getting more, you know, in your Cert 3? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or sort of a bit. Yeah, he's got a stamp certificate that says, even though my parents were killed, I will not sort of <laughs> succumb to those traumatic memories. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't know if training was the right word, maybe. No. <laughs> the movie's not scary at all. At all. No. It, it doesn't. And again, I don't know. I think I might have said this to you when we first started watching it and we, we kind of came to the conclusion that no, they weren't going for tongue-in-cheek. Because the movie, because it's not scary, then you start to wonder, well, did they realise it wasn't scary and were they just sort of, they, they were happy with that. Yeah. But I don't think they were. I think that they were trying to get serious here and it wasn't working. Hurts the film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems. I think you're right. The, the serious sort of tone was there for it, but yeah, it just sort of fails in some way. Maybe they should have gone with the tongue in cheek because that's where you get, that's where you get the entertainment. The seven, seven o'clock, o'clock time, time you get shit face gets a, a regular run. You get a couple of those. Yeah. Um, and the last thing for me is that it just seems that you kind of goes from scene to scene, especially in that middle portion. With absolutely no connections to anything. Yeah, well, that's so where it loses. The moment it, he steps out of the, the the toy store, he just goes on this rampage, this indiscriminate rampage. And although that's supposed to be scary or whatever, it's not scary one bit. Yeah, I think obviously I had some problems from early on with Grandpa, but uh, I think that's where it really goes off the rails. Um, is because. Okay, you spend a bit of too much time with the orphanage or that sort of thing, but at least they're trying to put some character on the table. Yeah. Then at that point they just say, throw that out the window. He's just a machine now that's just going to run around and say punish and kill anyone he comes across, seemingly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where it really loses it in the in the guts there. I had one more dislike, though. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember when the, you know, the cops would get, get the word to, um, we're looking for Santa? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they see the bloke climbing up the outside of the oh, yeah. house. So they run in and they're like, oh, geez, it's just dad, you know, trying to be Santa for his daughter or whatever. Yeah. But the cops still don't seem to learn their lesson when old mate at the orphanage, who's actually the real Santa, shows up and they gun him down yeah. before actually sort of confirming that it's... I mean, yeah. shit. If we sort of shoot first, ask questions. Yeah, later, we're but... only seeing that. We're only seeing those cops. So do you know? Do are we led to believe that? Some of the cops were getting their coffee and donuts at the Seven Eleven, yeah. and the local sort of Santa walked in, rigged his belt. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, they shit. Just shot oh, him no, that's down. not him. Like, then they picked up a packet of Lay's. 
Like a kid yeah, 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 on the can yeah, and box of condoms. Yeah. And <laughs> it on their way. Off they went. Yeah. Did their paperwork. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think that that's probably covered it. Uh, it's not a good movie. <laughs> no, I don't think I want it to just, watch it. It just either. lacks something from a slasher perspective where a bit of fun probably and or a, a scary tone uh, got the scares right maybe would have worked because yeah. they had a serious tone going but they don't know how to do it. It, it it seems impossible and it's impossible to do it with the kind of shitty non-characterised bits yeah maybe yeah. you're right we should have watched the sequel because then we would have got, got two movies we would have got this right. crammed into 50 minutes yeah. and then you know 20 minutes of, minutes of a, of a new movie <laughs> um one other scene that I kind of found interesting that's not fully fleshed out is the one where he sees a little girl and he yeah. she asks, you know, he asks if she's been naughty or nice. Like, that's actually a, that could have made for a very sort of effectively chilling scene. Here's yeah. this Santa standing out of this little girl with an axe yeah. debating whether he's going to kill her. But in the, in the hands of these guys, <laughs> it was quickly just a two-minute point to have in there with no connective tissue to anything else. Mm. That's Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. God. I'm going to watch uh, Rare Exports to sort of get the taste out of my mouth. Taste out of my mouth. All right. uh, We'll take a quick break and then we'll finish up for the episode. Seven o'clock. It's over. Time to get shit-faced. One more thing before we get to the end of this episode, Jared. Is it time to add Sylvester Stallone to the Thrill Me Podcast Hall of Fame? Oh, look, I think it's only fair, really. Yeah, I think so, especially after the gushing move we took with Balboa. Yeah. So, because we were so excited by Balboa, I think. Oh. It was time. And then Creed sort of hit me hard. Yeah. I think we need to get him into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I actually, uh, prior to going back to watch some of these movies, I'd kind of forgotten about the bloke somewhat. I'd ra- I would have much rather watch an Arnie flick. Yeah. But now it's Stallone, mate. I'm all Stallone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One night Stallone. One night Stallone, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us at our email address at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or on Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Quick shout out to everyone who's been listening to us. This is basically, you know, closing in on the end of the year. We started this podcast in March, I think, of this year. And we didn't really expect too many people to listen, but we've been lucky enough to get a few people to listen in and we really appreciate you being involved. Get in contact with us with anything you like. Um, to discuss movies, whatever, because we did this podcast to talk to people who are interested in these movies. And next episode, our New Year's episode, is that would be what it would be called? Yeah, it would be around that time. It's a double bill. Sneak it in. <laughs> it's a double bill. Yeah. It's a Carl Weathers double oh, bill. Is that correct? It is after the after the. Um, the Rocky review. Yeah. We're we sort of wanted we're to basically, see what, Carl, what else Carl had been up to. We're under the weathers, mate. We, are, <laughs> we cannot get enough. Yeah. We've got a case of, you know, weathers fever. Yep. 
We're going to watch Action Jackson. Yep. Craig Baxley. And Craig Baxley. Things. And that was right in the prime of his career, I believe. Mm. That was his attempt to sort of segue out. Peak action Sarani. shit, I think. Yeah. yeah. But also Hurricane Smith. Yeah. I'm sure that most people are going, what the fuck's Hurricane Smith? Yeah. It was a, an action flick he made in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't either. wait. <laughs> I'm going to question the quality of this from the start. I just love that his name's Carl Weathers and the movie is Hurricane Smith. Like, uh, just brilliant. brilliant. Someone was thinking about that. Oh, mate, that would have taken much. <laughs> okay, so I can't wait for that. Yeah. I'm sure we'll, Gibbo will be back for that too. Yeah, so. and he's... He he's not happy. <laughs> he couldn't, uh, couldn't be more pleased to be watching Hurricane Smith. <laughs> But until that episode, have a Merry Christmas, have a safe Christmas, and we will catch up with you next episode. What are we going to watch at Easter? Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust or something like that? Oh, shit. I don't know. Let's just get through this (laughs) next episode before we even consider Easter. Okay. But, yeah, have a great Christmas, and we will catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.